Welcome to Word on the Beat, the Red and Blacks podcast highlighting newsworthy happenings around Athens. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Allison Mon. I'm your host and the assistant news editor here. Each episode, I have a guest from the Red and Black to talk about some of the stories from the week. Special guest, please tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, I'm Guinevere Grant, and I'm the education beat reporter here at the Red and Black. When you are one of, you're in a relatively new position yeah. here. Last semester was the first time we had an education reporter. What are What does that role look like for you? I honestly think it's it's evolving every day for me, especially since it's a new position. Of course, I have Katie, the the previous education beat reporter, to like ask questions. But again, it's still like an evolving sort of position. I guess just every day for me as an education beat reporter, it's kind of just looking at the perspective of the education side. I'm finding like I have more prompts for stories now that are more like what's the impact on students? What's the impact on teachers? Um, So I guess I'm just looking at the newsworthiness of education more. Yeah. And what's it like? Because when you say education in a college town, people probably think all of it's on UGA's campus, but you do a lot with Clark County School District. So how do you kind of put a balance between the two and make sure you're covering all of the communities? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I try to have both communities obviously involved um, when I'm writing. So I'll have like a story prompt, but then I'll um, interview a teacher at Clark County School District, and I'll also interview a teacher or a professor at UGA. So we kind of have both of those viewpoints from uh, CCSD and from UGA. You had a story go up recently that I thought was great about the lack of men in elementary education, which I think is kind of a peak example of you balancing both communities, you covering education in our community. What was working on that story like? Um, I would say it was very insightful because I went into it kind of with that question, why is there a lack of men in elementary school education? And then through interviewing like different people, I just came to like realize that this is like a way bigger issue than like I thought. Because when you're like a child in elementary school, you don't really realize a lot that there is no men that are teaching you. Like when I was doing this story, I even like realized, wow, I had no male teachers in elementary school. But yeah, it was just, it was very insightful. I mean, I talked with uh, Bob Capuzzo, uh, the associate clinic professor and program uh, co-coordinator for the early childhood elementary education program at UGA. Um, And he is the only male in that like faculty field here. And so he gave a lot of insight into just how he feels about the subject um, and just why there is this lack of men. I think it's really interesting. I My mom is an elementary school teacher. Yeah. She's been working at the same school for 15 years now. And so it's been really interesting, even though it's not here in Athens, to kind of witness this is not a new trend. I will say I think yeah. slightly the numbers have increased, but overall there just are not men looking to do this which I think is kind of sad because teaching is a great profession not one I would do well in (laughs) but a great profession nonetheless so another thing I want to ask you about is kind of 
a little bit broader than just being an education reporter. Kind mm. of what has been your experience with the Red and Black so far? You've been here for a while now. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's exciting. Um, I mean, I came into the Red and Black before I even started having my, my journalism classes at Grady. Uh, so it was kind of just me getting thrown into this, having not known anything prior. Like, I, I got, like, my first feedback on my article, and there were so many things wrong with it. I'm like, oh, oh no. my God, all the AP style errors. Because I didn't, I didn't even know what AP style was um, related to journalism. And I just think I've grown, like, so much since then. Um, I even see it, like, when I'm out reporting now. Because when I, like, did my first articles, I'd go up to people and be like, hey, can I please interview you? Is that okay? <laughs> um, I was, like, so shy, and I didn't really know what to do. But now I, like, talk to, like, ten different people. And I'm like, oh, okay, on to another one. I'm going to get their insight now, perspectives, you know? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think it was it was very scary and hard at first, especially as an introvert. Mm-hmm. I realized after I got into the journalism class as well, this is a very extrovert profession. And I did not realize because I came into it like I love writing. I want to write. And I have to interview people, too. And that's just how it goes. And that's how it is. Yeah, you get forced out of your comfort zone in nine million ways here. Yeah. And like with that first story, I remember my first time I turned in a story. I came back into the Google Doc and there were like a hundred notifications on it I was like I'm terrible I'm never gonna be a journalist I suck (laughs) no it's not that bad it just looks like because then every Oxford comma is one it still pains me that we cannot use the Oxford comma and I talk about it at any opportunity I get I hate that AP style doesn't use the Oxford comma and I hope the Associated (laughs) Press listens to this and hears my vendetta So what's been your favorite story you've worked on here? Wow. I mean, I'd have to, like, really delve into it. Uh, I think every story I've done kind of holds, like, a place in my heart. Um, I don't think, like, one really outshines the other. And, like, oh, this was my favorite one I've ever done. I feel like every single one of them helped me grow as a journalist. And I love to, like... I mean, that's what I'm, I'm a journalist. I love to tell, like, people's stories and get their perspectives. So I feel like every single story I've written has, like, made even, like, the tiniest impact with, like, a certain person. And I think that's important. That's so good. You're so <laughs> right. I love, there's nothing, like, the work we do is gratifying in itself to get yeah. to tell people's stories. But then when you get to see an impact that your story's having, you're like, I did that. Yeah. Coolest feeling in the world. Absolute banger. So another story that you did not write, but that you have a very personal connection to (laughs) that avid listeners of the whopping two episodes of this podcast we've had so far (laughs) will know about are the Bats in O-House. Yep. You have been instrumental in me getting these stories out. Please tell our lovely listeners all about it. Yeah, I guess I'm the insider info. Um... There's bats at O-House. I mean, I don't know if there still are bats. I can't really say there are bats, but there has been bats. It's been a prevalent issue um, since, was it the week, the weekend we came back to classes? It was like Martin Luther King Day, the weekend. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's when they first saw the bats. Um, and since then, I mean, bats in stairwells, bats in hallways, 
saw a bat climb under a girl's door. Wasn't the best time. <laughs> saw two guys throw a blanket over a bat, put it in a Forever 21 bag, and then go down the elevator with it to take it outside. Did it survive that? I mean, I wasn't there with them, oh. but I'm I'm hoping so because I do feel bad for the bats. Yeah. They they don't deserve that. Um, Poor fellas. However, living at O'House, it also just makes me t- terrified because you just see people with trash bags, like, shoved underneath their door. Um, I feel like... The most it's affected me is, like, the stairwell, because the stairwells have both been closed. Like, all of the stairwell has been closed. And so, getting to classes, the elevators now take me, like, 10, 11 minutes to Mm. get on it, because everyone is packed on it now. And so, I just have to, like, run to class, because it puts me behind schedule. And I thought I saw... Y'all had to delay a fire drill, right? Which I think is definitely bringing in once again the safety question for students i mean there was the whole issue with like the potential risk of rabies and the department (laughs) of public health having y'all fill out a survey but then stairwells is a whole other like you don't really think about it because so many people don't want to use the stairs but yeah that's insane and you got me some great interviews for one for the first story i believe that we broke this with yeah it was which they were kind of hilarious (laughs) It was definitely very fun. I feel so bad for all of y'all, but it's kind of funny, which I can say because uh, my dorm flooded last year, so that's my karma for laughing at y'all. Thank you, UGA Housing. We Wait, what dorm was it? Was it Payne? uh, That was Reed. Oh, it was Reed. However, several buildings on campus flooded. I don't know if any other dorms did. Yeah, because I know they had, like, the bathrooms outside of the dorms, like the showers and the bathrooms. Oh, we didn't have that. Oh, Payne did. Oh, that happened my freshman year when I was living in Myers. The hot water went out for several weeks. I think it was over a month. And so they put a shower That's trailer crazy. outside. Not only was it outside, it was right outside my window next to the dumpsters. Oh, my God. Um, and I just simply learned to take cold showers because you would not catch me walking outside in the winter to go take a shower in a trailer. Yeah. And you think all this, Allison, you say all of this, and yet I'm still living on campus again next year. Me too. Four for four. I mean, there's bats at O'House this semester, and I'm living there next semester, so. (laughs) Yeehaw. I love that for us. Another story you've had recently is about the bus driver shortage. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to look at that to talk about some of the challenges of the work you do and talk, like working with a school district, working with a thing that involves kids and just with any big institution, yeah. like what have been kind of some of the struggles with that? Um, I think one of my biggest struggles at first was I wanted it to be student focused. So how is the bus driver shortage affecting students who are using these buses, uh, especially as an education reporter? How is this affecting them getting to classes, them doing schoolwork, things like that? Um, I kind of had to pivot it a little, though, because... One, I wasn't able to get in contact with the Clark County School District um, Transportation Office. Unfortunately, uh, I I sent calls, emails, but I wasn't uh, able to get in contact with them. I feel like that would have been a good perspective, like school buses. And I also really would have liked to have interviewed uh, UGA Transportation, but unfortunately they said they weren't doing any uh, bus driver interviews, so I couldn't do them. But I did get some uh, really amazing interviews from the Athens-Clark County Transit. Um, That's the public transit here. Um, 
I was able to get like the the transit director, the interim uh, transit planner, and then also a bus driver who's been working for them for like 29 years. Wow. Yeah. 29 years. That's longer than I've even been alive. <laughs> I cannot imagine Same. that. Well, thank you for joining me. Before yeah. we wrap up, I wanted to talk about some of the big stories from this last week. Uh, one that I think is going to make a lot of wa- maybe not waves, it's going to have a big impact. Uh, Sanford Stadium is going to be selling beer next year. I saw year. that. I have many thoughts about this. How are you feeling about this? Um, I think it poses, I mean, I'm trying to think. Because people are already going into the stadium drunk. I mean, it's never stopped them from drinking. I feel like now they can just access it inside the stadium and get even more drunk. So it's not really posing like, oh, there's going to be a lot of drunk people. Because there were already a lot of drunk people. Definitely. Um, I just think UGA will get a lot more money from selling beers. I was going to say, I'm so curious to see how much money they bring in from yeah. that. Because food is already upcharged in there so i can only imagine beer is going to be insane and i have an unfortunate feeling that some people are going to get up to some very bad behavior maybe not because of this but in tandem with this it also makes me wonder like the pollution aspect i mean there's already you can already get like food and stuff inside but just adding on to what you can get and there's already going to be so many people getting alcohol inside so I wonder, like, how much more litter will come from this. And if you have never been on campus the day after a home football game, it is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> the amount of trash that is left on all the fields, falling out of garbage cans, on the sidewalks, it's simply insane. It is kind of, actually not kind of, it's just straight up gross. Yeah. But hey, go dogs. <laughs> Um, another funny story this week that made me laugh. This is one that I wrote, but I just have to give it a shout out because uh, blotter this week, uh, man steals multiple steaks I from Walmart, that. and man steals cigarette packs from Dollar General. I felt very personally connected to those. I'm kidding, but they cra- <laughs> they cracked me up. I love when we just get unhinged things like yeah. this. Cause like, why steaks? You know, especially like you gotta cook them. Yeah. Like, steal something that's ready to go. I mean, I guess steaks are one of the, the more expensive meats. Yeah, the total of what he stole was just over $100. Yeah. like That's just a very specific item. Yeah. Like, I'm going in there and I'm only stealing steak. And he took a variety. <laughs> he had multiple... He was not picky about it. He had multiple kinds of steaks, which, hey, <laughs> mad respect. Me, personally, I am a sirloin girl when it comes to steak. Mm. I don't eat red meat, but <laughs> I remember when I did, I really liked steak. So. That's so valid. All right, well, thank you again so much for joining me, Gwen. Uh, this has been Word on the Beat. Thank you for tuning in and have a fantastic day.